This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue our series, Your Greatest Power. And your greatest power is what? The power of choice. And you have a choice whether to sit there and listen to this message. You have a choice what you're going to do after service. We have choices in this life. And God has given us the power to choose. And I believe it's our greatest power. And many times we think that God's done this thing to us or whatever. And when you really get down to it, we made some choices. And we need to choose life. The Bible says choose life and blessing. Now this shouldn't be real hard for us. Choose life and blessing. Or there's the curse and death. Boy, what a choice. You can take door number one, blessing and life. Or door number two, death and curses. You choose. And then God, he tells us what to choose. Makes, us, makes me wonder about our brains, but... Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. If you want your descendants, if you want to have a good legacy, you need to choose life and blessing because it influences and impacts those who follow us, our children. It impacts those around us. He said, choose life. I mean, choose life. He said, we have a choice to make. I mean, knows there's choices in this earth. There are choices out there. And there's more choices today than ever. You can get this color, you can get this way, you can get this flavor. And then when you say, just give me vanilla, they go, what? What's wrong with you? Vanilla? I like vanilla. I put a little chocolate on it. Choices. In some choices, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care what color your car is or your underwear. <laughs> well, you're talking about pastor. I know people in the past. They prayed about what clothes to wear. Told them, I don't think God really cares. As long as everything's covered, you know. Life choices are choices consistent with God's commands, values, and principles. We need to make good choices. Good choices are graced by God. His ability, his strength comes into those choices. So we need to make life choices. Our children, we're taught to bring them up and nurture and admonition of the Lord. What's that mean? We're to be teaching them about life choices. And we're to give them responsibility to have some small choices, choices that don't hurt them, but make choices, and when they fail, there's consequences. Say consequences. 
You know, we're supposed to discipline our children. There's supposed to be consequences. But this day and time, I saw yesterday, this amazed me. A college professor said he he was having problems with 18-year-olds that would not fill out an application because they were afraid they would mess it up. He said there was people, and he talked to other professors. They were all having the same issues, same problems. Said, I can't get them to even try for a job because they're afraid they won't get it. Afraid. Why? They never had any consequences. There was never the, the blessing of consequences. That helps you grow up. Responsibility. The blessing of of failing sometimes. You know, my grandson, he plays baseball. I go to the baseball game. But you know, a few years back, it was interesting to me that anything he was involved in, everyone on that team got a trophy. Man, trophies used to mean something when I played ball. I'm going, man, a trophy. You got a trophy. And everything, then you find that everybody gets a trophy. What? Even those that never practiced, that showed up for one game, struck down every time. Got a trophy. No incentive to, to practice and get better. That's how we wind up with people on these singing shows, American Idol, those things that They've never been told, you stink at singing. Do something else. You're hurting my ears. That's the reason the dog is barking and howling. It's your voice. You can't carry a tune. Stop it. Save us all. Come, Lord Jesus. Shut your mouth, please. But you see, if my little darling didn't get a trophy... It's going to break his heart. No, it's not. Not at all. If their identity is wrapped up in what they do instead of what they are, they're going to fail anyway. Identity is not what you do. It's who you belong to, who you are. And we teach our children that. But there's responsibility. When you get out on the job, it's not going to be any of this. Everyone gets a raise. Everyone gets, well, hold it. Who? Any lot, yes, and water people here? See Henry over there. Sorry. That did happen. <laughs> Unbiblical. Everyone got a raise. You know what it did to motivation and morale? None. Because you could be sitting next to somebody who did nothing and they got the same raise you got. What if we had consequences again? Now, I'm not talking about doing like I did as a kid, being on a pickup truck, sit, sitting in the back on the rails going, all right, go faster. But there's got to be a balance between that and putting a helmet and knee pads on your Kid, to go get the mail. We got to stop being afraid of kids or kids. You're there to train them. 
And he talked to a school teacher. God forbid if they have problems with somebody and they have to call a parent in. Parent comes in, my child's never done anything wrong in their life. Thinking, well, I know where your child came from. Just, hmm. Apple didn't fall far from the tree. We need consequences. That's what the Bible teaches us. Romans 6, verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. You can choose life. You can choose the blessing. It's our choice. He didn't say if you can fulfill that choice. You can't do it in your own strength anyway. It's his grace, his ability that causes you to be able to choose righteously. And when you do mess up, and you will, don't excuse yourself and blame it on someone else. Take responsibility, repent, and turn back to God and get right. And make the same choice again, the right choice. Righteous choices. Because what you choose, you'll wind up obeying. So life choice we talked about is to obey God. And this morning I want to look at a life choice is to choose to renew our minds. You've got to renew your mind, but it's a choice that you make. God will not renew your mind for you. We have to do it. We have a, a part to play. We have a responsibility in this. In Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Let me read that again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So he says, we as Christians are not to be conformed to this world. We're to look different, smell different, be different. That's how we make Jesus attractive. People come and say, there's something different about you. There's something about you that just is life, is blessing, is peace, is joy, is strength. Even when I've seen you get some disturbing news, but you took it, there was peace about you. It was something different. What is it? Well, let me tell you. See, we're to be different, not to blend in, but to be transformed How are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. If you don't renew your mind, you're conforming to this world. All the back. If you don't renew your mind to the word of God, you are being shaped and molded by this world. You could say, if you don't renew your mind, you're choosing death and curses. Now, the word renew Renewing the mind means to change or exchange. It's not just getting information. And that's one of the things I wanted to really hit home. It's just not getting information. You can get information and get information and not have that truth affect you at all. We have to get that information and own it. Make it ours. You need to experience it. It needs to be a, a part of you. 
It needs to not be just new information. It needs to be a new way of thinking. It needs to be taking those old thoughts out and taking hold of some new thoughts, some new thinking that we can prove, and that word proves, evidence, be the evidence of the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. How many want to be evidence of that, that God is good? We can be the evidence. We can prove that when we don't conform to this world. You are in control of renewing your mind. You got to take responsibility. It's up to you. God doesn't mind if you renew your mind a lot. You can. But we're in control of this. It's our choice. The Bible even says you can become a believer in Jesus Christ if you don't renew your mind you have this carnal thinking, and you can take the old behaviors upon yourself and live as like you're an unbeliever. Where did this old behavior come from? Well, you didn't renew your mind. You're just being shaped by the world and conformed to it. We need some new programming. Some new programming. Don't, don't conform to this world. We're not to be conformists. We're to be transformist. <laughs> be transformed. Not conformed. Be transformed. Don't be like the world. Well, there must be some kind of mistake, Pastor. The world's having fun. No, it depends on your definition of fun. It's death. It's It's curses. It's temporary, temporarily fun, but leads to death. Well, I thought God loves me. He does love you. That's the reason he gave you the power of choice. See, love really doesn't function outside of free will. So God gave us the power or the freedom of choice where we could know his love where we could experience him. Oh God, just make me do it. He won't. He gave you a choice. You choose. You choose life. You have to make that choice. Our problems, we're more aware of the input of this world than we are the input of God and God's word. Where are you gathering evidence from to make your decisions. You can't function in, in the world's wisdom. You can't function as a Christian be successful with the world's wisdom and the world's way of thinking. You'll not be successful. Well, Pastor, I know there's some good things in this world. Yeah, there are some good things. But when you look at them, they're rooted and grounded in truth, in God's Word, in the principles of the kingdom of God. That's the reason they're good. Because they came from God. Everything good comes from your brilliant. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep your heart of all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Your life flows from your heart. It flows from your heart. What is the heart? The heart... It's the soul and spirit. Together, that's the heart. 
So I relate to God or God, God's promises are received from my heart. From my heart. When you search for God with all your heart, you'll find Him. Out the treasure of the heart, a man brings forth fruit. Or the bad treasure. So the heart is where we've got to guard and protect. That means I need to watch what I'm listening to, how much stock I'm putting in that. Because we're hit with information all the time from this world, but it's what you do with it. You have to discard it. Let it go in one ear, out the other. And you hang on to what God says, what he says about you. Now, last week, I talked about our belief system. I said, we all have these, these glasses that we're wearing, our belief system. And you're born with this. You know, they said a little baby that comes out recognizes if there's strife or love around them. And that when they're loved on, they, it produces in them uh, a reaction. The hormones and stuff within that baby releases a sense of well-being. Wow. I mean, glasses are being formed then. I believe they're there when you come out, but I kind of freaked some of you ladies out last time. I believe they're in the womb. I believe there is some kind of mental, that the environment there and just that there are things going on and being developed. But then as you're around your, your parents and, or your grandparents, your babysitters, your environment, these things start forming. And you have different lenses for different areas of your life. And these things are, are with you, and they become a part of the subconscious or what we call pre-program, pre, pre-programming. They get, this come out of you without even making the choice, without really giving it thought. It just automatically comes out of you. And we have these perceptions. We think, well, it's really hard to live life as a Christian. Well, that's your belief system, but the Bible says what's really hard is the way of the transgressor, that the high life, the good life, is living for God. See, your beliefs, maybe your parents had this spirit of poverty, and now every time something good comes your way or increase, you sabotage it. Because you have this belief system that you're supposed to be broke. How many know that broke's no good? <laughs> or how many have heard this? God doesn't want to prosper me because everyone that has money has either lied and cheated to get it. I heard that a lot growing up. Oh, they got money. They lied and cheated to get it. You got to break that belief system. <laughs> it's not true. Because when you think about it, who's the richest being? 
Did God lie and cheat? No. But see, we get these things in our mind, our belief system. And it is, it's with us, and we have to break these things down. You can be in a relationship. You know a lot of arguments with a spouse is from a pre-programmed thing in the past? You ever been talking to somebody, and you think, where'd that come from? What's, what's wrong with you? Where'd that? Or maybe you did it, and you're going, where'd that come from? Ooh, it's kind of creepy here. <laughs> what was that? I'm, I can remember... Going to church, I heard this, uh, this preacher, he was, he was a guest speaker, and he said that he'd been married for 20-something years, had never had an argument with his wife. I t- I, from then on, I had trouble receiving from him. <laughs> In my mind, I had on these glasses, that guy's lying. Or, you know, I, that's what I thought. Or I thought, and Ellen asked me about it, so what do you think? I said... I think his wife's a doormat. I don't think that's what I said. (laughs) But let me know that I have arrived now. Ellen and I haven't had an argument for years and years and years. But we do have some intense times of fellowship. (laughs) Got amen over there. (laughs) Roger, you're in the doghouse. Just just helping you there, brother. Okay. So we have these glasses on that programs the way we see things, the way we believe about things, those good examples from our parents or even the bad can come down on us. That's where we get this passing down the generations. They have found, you know, through many studies that an alcoholic parent will produce many times an alcoholic child or an abusive parent will produce an abusive child. These things are, are well-known and documented. Why? It's being passed down. It was a belief system. Why do people win the lottery and then lose it all? Because they were pre-programmed not to manage that. The level of their heart couldn't take it. Well, what's that mean? It means you are, you are so blessed if your parents are Christians and are serving God, and loving Him, and loving you. You're blessed. But you know what? Even if you were abused, even if you had that, you're not a victim. You can change your heart. You can change those lenses. You can change those glasses. And you can start seeing things the way God wants you to see it. The way it really is supposed to be. That shouting ground there. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have these pre-programmed things in us, and they're good. It's good that you don't have to think about every choice. I'm going to move my arm right now up to here. Isn't it good that you don't have to think about everything? You, how many did you have to think about brushing your teeth this morning, or did you go in there and just count all the night palate? Or the way you get dressed. I'm going to put my left foot in. Nobody breaks down a song and thinking and choosing. Why? Those choices are made for you. They're programmed in you. It's a blessing that we have those. But when the program's wrong, 
it can be a curse in your life, can sabotage your life and limit you from what God wants you to have. So we put on these glasses where it's just, it's too hard to talk to somebody about Jesus. They don't want to know about God. The truth is, the Bible says they, everyone needs God. They do need him. I can't invite anyone to church that think I'm weird. I've got news for you. News alert. They already think you're weird. Sometime a revelation will hit you that everyone's weird but you. Because we're all different. And we need to engage people. It's not a thing you go around pounding people. It's, it's to be in our normal, everyday, natural life. But see, we've had lenses on that we can't. When the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Programming our mind. So how do, we, how do we reprogram? How do we get this in us, this conviction, this changing information into a, a place of experiencing it? Where there's emotions, where there's uh, owning a, a revelation of those truths. So how do we establish a heart to be fully, fully persuaded, or you could say uh, our heart to be in agreement with God? How do we do it? In Mark chapter 4, let me tell you, the key to having a fully persuaded heart is meditation. Meditation. It's easy for me not to say. Meditation. Everybody say meditation. In Mark 4, 24, it's Jesus speaking. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So hearing the truth doesn't mean it necessarily affects you. It's what you give thought to, study to, what you consider. What he's talking about here is really what you meditate. That's what's measured back to you. And it says, uh, really, you get more. So my, my time of of meditation, thinking about scriptures, putting myself in that place, experiencing it, tying an emotion to it causes more to come back. More than what I put into it comes back to me. In fact, I, I read the other day that they say meditation, open, when you uh, open yourself to meditation, you are 200 times more impacted or more uh, influenced by what you are meditating on. 200 times. Maybe God knew what he was talking about when he talked about meditation. You find it all through Scripture. It's meditation. And many times it's not meditation. It'll say persuaded. That's the same thing. Fully persuaded. Or Abraham was persuaded you find these things. Paul was persuaded. Somebody, he was fully convinced. He experienced that he grabbed hold of that truth. It's through meditation. What does meditation mean? To ponder, to give serious thought and consideration to, to mutter, to speak, to revolve around in the mind, to commune with your own heart, to, and to imagine. As we meditate on truth, it's revealed to us uh, it's enlarged to us, it's expanded to us, and that, that truth becomes um, 
I tied to us. And the reason I say emotions is so, um, how many have gotten information? It was just information. But when you tie emotion to it, it, it gets in that heart. It's, it's a different thing. People say, well, I've never meditated. Yeah, you have. Have you ever been to a movie? You got into a movie that was make-believe, professional pretenders making big bucks, and you got into that thing, and emotions started moving. You, you were meditating on it. You were giving that serious thought. I mean, Rocky was on TV Monday during the holidays, and I hadn't seen Rocky in a while. It's one of my favorites, you know. Uh, the kids got me, the boys got me the whole series, but hadn't looked at it in a while. So I'm not going to watch it. And then I saw which Rocky it was. It was Rocky Four. Fights the Russian. No idea. I said, I'm watching this joker. Man, I'm watching this joker. Man, he was in shape, man. <laughs> You know, you want to have some relaxing time. Afterwards, you're spent. You're tired. Man, you just fought every round in there. Felt every punch. What was going on? I was doing some meditating, and it knocked me out. You know? <laughs> you know, they say the same thing when you read a book. You read a book, and you start experiencing that. That's meditation. And we're to do that with the truth of God's Word, and becomes real to us. And when you meditate, it's expanded to you, it's revealed to you, it increases, and at some point, that thing, the harvest comes, and you know what happens then? That truth becomes bigger than that physical reality. And then no one can take it from you. You're immovable. You're unshakable in that truth. Just like getting saved. Nobody could convince you. You're immovable. You're unshakable. Why? It's become a part of your belief system. It's a part of you. It's, it's yours. Just like being, being spirit-filled. I had a guy at work. He came with this book and said, the bait's against this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I told him, too late. It's you're too late. We can waste our time here if you want. He said, let's do. I said, okay. We both go to the same verse. He said, the top part of that verse is for today. The verse below it is for back then. So where does it say that? He said, see, we're getting nowhere. He said, well, fine. I'm going to poison you. I said, okay, but don't tell me about it. Because this is not to tempt God. If I know you're unpoisoning me, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm not. I don't know if he did or not. He came back a few years later and said, I'm like you now, I'm sorry. He's a great guy. He was a great guy until he wouldn't poison me. Psalms 34, 3, I'll magnify the Lord, may let's exalt his name together. Magnify means to make larger, means to make louder and mightier. We can't make God mightier or larger, can we? 
But see, when I meditate, when I look at him, he can become larger to me. I can experience him as mightier in my life, but we can't make him mightier. So whatever I focus on, what I give attention to, becomes real. And I can experience that thing. Anything we focus our attention upon is made larger in our experience. How many have ever bought a new car? Or bought a, a different car, a used car, whatever, a different car. You meditated on a thing, you saw it, check the prices, test drive, all this, and you purchase that thing. You were focused on it. You were meditating on it. Then all of a sudden you're on the road, you think you're the only one with this type of car. Now you see they're everywhere. Now, you could reason in your mind, did people go out and buy that car because you bought one? Or were they on the road the whole time, you just didn't see them because they weren't magnified to you? They weren't made larger in your experience. They were there the whole time. It's what you give attention to. What if we on purpose made and gave attention to life and the truth and to God, and let that be multiplied back to us, to where on our heart we have written the principles and the commands and values of God that just like brushing the teeth, we're in the situation and God just comes out of us and we just love on people. We can have that. I believe that's really what God intended for us to have this information and understanding that we can use it for good. We can feed ourselves life. When you renew your mind, you're choosing life. Pastor, I don't like to read the Bible. Start telling yourself, God, help me (laughs) enjoy the Bible. I think that's a prayer he would answer. Because we need to read the Word. We've got to get in the Bible. Transformation takes place in the heart. Conforming to this world is the divided heart. It's the divided heart. Your spirit and your soul is in division. It's divided. Transformation takes place in a united heart. God working in our lives, bringing about change, takes the soul and the spirit to be united together. Meditation means to speak and see what God says. You know, I talked about confirmations and, I mean, uh, affirmations and confessions, and we, we believe in that. And I told you about a study that only like 15% of the people are wired for that to work. But then they went a little deeper with the study, and it turned out is that the people, their stress levels went up when they confessed the Scriptures because they felt like they were lying. But we need to understand meditation puts into play the power of persuasion. You're persuading yourself. And if you can look at it like that, you'll persuade yourself into life, into winning. You can persuade yourself with truth because truth is greater than the lie. And that thing will be multiplied to you and become a part of your belief system and you'll be blessed. You'll find yourself making life choices, making the right choices 
choices. Meditation is persuading our hearts. We've got to speak the truth and, and go beyond speaking it. See yourself. See yourself doing it. Get, the, get those old lenses off. Put on God's lenses. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, are just, wherever things are pure, wherever things are lovely, wherever things are of good report, if there are any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What's true, what's noble, what's just, what's praiseworthy? The Word of God. Why? Because God is in it. Remember, it's God-breathed. His DNA is in the Word. It's more than just reading about God. God's in it. It is God. And it's good. We're to meditate on good things. But if you meditate on negative things, you're going to be worried all the time. And you can get that worry and that fear as a part of your belief system. Then everything is filtered through your belief system. Some good news comes and fear reaches up to it and says, it'll not last. <laughs> this is coming your way, something's going to happen bad. <laughs> Why? Because your belief system is reaching out. It's being filtered through it no matter what comes to it. So we've got to reprogram it. You do it through meditation. You do, do it through praise and worship, through reading the Word, confessing the Word, muttering the Word. Don't take a... 15 scriptures, take one scripture. Just take one scripture. Maybe greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Or he'll never lead me or forsake me. Take one scripture. Meditate on it. Think about it. Well, he will never forsake me. He'll never lead me. Think about that. And just say, I affirmation, God will never lead me. He will never lead me. Even when I act like a, a nut. He said, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Wow. Start saying that. And then you go to work, and every once in a while, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Something crazy happens, he'll never leave me or forsake me. You're here with me. Wow. You're here. You'll never leave me or forsake me. And that thing starts growing. It starts becoming a part of you. It just rolls out of you. You know what happens? Peace. Peace. Psalm 63, verse 5, My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness. My mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Meditate, remembering his faithfulness. He lives within you. Meditation will bring control to your mind and emotions. It's huge right there. It'll quiet your mind and emotions. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. His mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's speaking of meditation. Staying. It's meditation. Speaking. Visualizing. Muttering. That's what you do. Your wife tells you to take out the garbage, please. You mutter. No, 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 no. 
just muttered good stuff. You'll never leave me or forsake me. Would you take out the garbage fleece there? You'll never leave me or forsake me. (laughs) (laughs) And you start getting that in you, and then it becomes a treasure in your heart that produces good fruit and a good life. The secret to becoming fully persuaded in our hearts regarding what God says is meditation. It's meditation. Some of the most powerful times I've heard God speak, I mean, loud and clear is through meditation. You can pray in the Spirit that helps you meditate, quiet the mind. Meditation on truth, bringing influence to my heart, affecting my heart from the very place. I receive from God. Let's bow our heads. If today you never accepted Jesus Christ, you have a choice to make. He's chosen you. He's already done everything He can to love you and to demonstrate His love. He paid a, a great price for you. He took all your sins. He took every bad thought, every wrong motive, every wrong intent. He took it for you. He took shame and guilt and fear and pain and suffering. He took it for you. All he asks is that you choose him to be your Lord and Savior. And it says when you believe this in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you belong to him then. So if you mean that from your heart, we're going to pray a prayer I'm not going to ask you to come down now, but in a few moments, prayer partners will be down here. It'll be a great time to come down and confess to them what happened. Maybe you've prayed this before, but you know you're not connected with God. There's been no peace in your life. You haven't been renewing your mind. You need some new thinking. You need some reprogramming. You can get reconnected with God. You can get in on this prayer too. All I'm asking is you lift your hands. No one look around. That's you for either request. Just lift your hands. We'll pray together. God will hear. Yes. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Any others? Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior, as my King and Lord. I'll serve you. I'll follow you all the days of my life. I believe this from my heart, and I'm saying it with my mouth. Therefore, I'm saved. Thank you for saving me and loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you, Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.